Hey everyone, welcome to episode 167 of 15 with Andy and Randy. We could only make it one week with all three of us together. Jeff is not here today, but that's okay. We'll uh, we'll catch up with him next week. Even though it's always good to be back and our summer series was just only a, two weeks now past, yeah. someone came up to me this past week and said, hey, uh, when uh, are we doing that more of that summer series kind of thing with the guest speakers? And I'm like, what are you saying about Andy? They're like, nothing bad, nothing bad, but really enjoy it. So yeah. once again, just go back and check those out if you have missed any of them and definitely share them. These are definitely like friend friendly, uh, maybe people that don't go to church, someone that you could engage because it's just yeah. people's testimony and their story and they're really, really powerful. All right. Last week was just week one of this Case for Kindness series, and we were reminded that all of our very best, our most perfect contribution to our belonging to the kingdom of God is filthy rags. <laughs> oh, somehow that statement is always just like the great equalizer. <laughs> Whenever we think to ourselves, eh, maybe I'm not doing so bad after all. And Andy just brought that one out to make sure we were reminded that, gosh, guys, that's just not the case. <laughs> it's just not the case. And then this week, you started with something that I really, really liked. You said, we often know so much less than we imagine. <laughs> we make an assessment. We judge a person. We use all our past understandings, experiences, and often from our assumed rightness. Oh man, assumed rightness. <laughs> we wrongly judge a situation or a person. And geez, that's kind of like a mini biography into all of our lives sure. and how we too often just assess people from that simple <laughs> visual scan. And but then why do we immediately take offense when this same scan assessment is reversed? It's done to us, knowing full well that they don't have all the details. Why then do we continue the practice ourselves, Andy? Yeah. Why? And, and we blame and we blame their misjudgment of us on all kinds of things. We'll, we'll, we'll make them evil, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, it's never. Right. It's not it, just simple. No, and it's always <laughs> it seems like those are the times. When someone does it to us, when we are maybe most enraged, mm -hmm. most mad, most just like put out and hurt, like I can't, you know, I can't believe Andy thought that yeah, about me. Right. And yet at the same time, we don't have to look too far back to remind ourselves of a time <laughs> when it was like, insert that person that you're thinking about right now, because I know who I'm thinking about. And you say to yourself, man, that's just not. I, sure. Why Why would I get so mad when I have projected that same very thing onto this person? Well, part of it is just our, our huge human penchant for assuming ourselves <laughs> right. <laughs> That's just a curse, isn't it? We just assume. Yeah, we, we're pretty sure that our assessment and our perspective is the right one. It's got to be. And we're all pretty highly subjective when it comes to mm, that. Yeah. Man. Well, I also enjoyed it. Kind of like last week, we visited more people through your message that have taken kindness into their own hands. They've solved seemingly complex social issues by simply looking at the root of those problems and applying basic logic. And somehow I think they might know Dorcia somehow. Yeah. Like they did a root cause analysis <laughs> somehow. Right. <laughs> I mean, we have a high school laundromat and a pickup delivering the glut of suburbia to the inner city. And I found your Hebrew and Aramaic tutorial of, how do you say, Elamon? Elamon, Elamon, yeah. and I don't even know where to start with you. Ch Ch Chesed. Chesed. Mm -hmm. and that was really helpful, though, and hopeful in understanding, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This takes empathy to an application of understanding. Right. Because you said that Chesedah, right? Mm -hmm. A mercy means the ability to get right inside the other person's skin. Until we can see things with their eyes and think things with their mind and feel things with their feelings. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, when you put it that way, yeah. I mean, because anyone can read 
blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. It's like, oh, and and at the base of it, that's cool too. Sure. That's right. But when you add that part to it, Mm -hmm. man, that really made me look at this differently. And just to think about all the problems in our culture today that would just (laughs) evaporate. Right. If people would just could get behind the other person's eyes and see the world from their perspective. I mean, that's easier said than done. I know. But it just seems so simplistic, kind of like these other things. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, kids can't come to school because they're being bullied for stinky clothes. So right. let's make a laundromat. And hey, look at these people throwing out all this good stuff. Let's take it to the inner city. Hey, if we just look at it through Andy's eyes, we'd be able to do this. <laughs> and we'd be able to empathize right. better. Just and, and yeah, just really be able to understand. And, and of course, eventually I got the fact that we've got a great lab to practice here. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think going back to what we just talked about, just referencing the summer series, I think that goes a long way Mm -hmm. into that as well. Because every person that sat here that had a message of their own and a Mm -hmm. story to share afterwards would always come back to, can you believe all the amazing stories Mm -hmm. that we heard? And like, I didn't know Dorcia. I didn't know. I didn't know one person other than Megan. I didn't know one person this year. Even in passing, I knew no one on a first name basis. I only knew two by visual, like I know who you are. And yet you find all these deep stories and thought processes and views of God that really then make you feel like, man, I've got someone that I could actually go talk to if I needed (laughs) something that. And if they said something about something that that you thought incorrect, you have a context that makes that. Less of a problem. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and the Zacchaeus story here was perfect. (laughs) And this is one of Sparkle's nighttime favorites is she always wants to read about about Zacchaeus and she likes to apologize for him. She'll say, say, I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm sorry, Jesus. And But as soon as Jesus shows care, those following him immediately lose interest in whatever Jesus will do or say past that moment in time. It's like, well, sorry, you're disqualified. And it's because he was doing God's will. This is serious irony here, isn't there? <laughs> it's terribly. It's just it's, thick. It really is. And and but it's. I think it's really. I think Zacchaeus is a great illustration because he's the bad guy in the story. Absolutely. And and we tend to to make them even worse than they are. Okay. <laughs> and we and we don't want to see through their eyes, and we don't want to perceive through their feelings. We 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 want. To sort of just sort of totally discount them, yeah. And so you think about in our culture today, people groups or people that we want to just discount whatever they say to say, wait a second, Jesus is willing to get under the skin of Zacchaeus as well as you know John, they're his follower who's right next to him, he and yeah. Peter, and he's willing to do the same thing for Zacchaeus. And so I think the call to us as Christians is, that, you know, it's, it's easy to sort of be merciful to the people that are closest to us. Yeah. But to be merciful to our enemies is part of the love your enemies side. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. Brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> but it, it makes you think about like what would happen, what would the Zacchaeus story be if Jesus doesn't do what he does and just walks on by? And mm. for mm. whatever reason, I mean, I know that's probably difficult because he's Jesus and he probably, I mean, he obviously he wouldn't do that, but you know, if Zacchaeus doesn't have that encounter, we probably never know the story. And he's no. just one more person that probably continues on his way of doing things. So it, it made me think of, well, if we really believe in for right or wrong, that we're right, right? Like <laughs> we just talked about, like, I think my way is pretty smart. It's pretty right, pretty correct. You should use it. 
But if all you're going to do is condemn it, when was the last time you did something and made a change in your life to do something someone else's way because they told you – like A, you're not very smart. B, I'm going to tell you with a condescending tone, or I'm just going to talk behind your back, and that will certainly help usually, guide you. That into, usually works the best, right? right? So I'm like, why don't we pick up on Jesus' example here? And just like you said, if we're not if we're not going to engage, what's going to change? Right. So we can't hope for it's like mm-hmm. just you know doing the same thing over and over and hoping for an end result. Won't, won't fix it. I just loved how that all tied together, but. So how do we then just knowing that, how do we protect ourselves from ignoring those who need that care? Because obviously we aren't Jesus and we don't always just brush off the crowd. This isn't always easy though, either. It's easy to say, well, okay, we need to engage them. Well, let's go do that. (laughs) But some of the times when you're like in this case, I mean, he's around all kinds of people who knows, what if you're around your family, your friends, and they're not cool with you being with this person, like the person like you talked about with the the homeless guy with the sign. Mm-hmm. And if you've got someone in your car, friends, family that are like, oh man, don't give them any money. You know what they're going to do with it. You should just ignore it, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Just make them invisible. But it's hard then to go against the grain and say, mm-hmm. no, I really feel convicted on this. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be able to just sort of just seek to understand their story. And that's something we don't often want to hear necessarily. It can be, I want to say it's dirty, but it's, it gets us, it feels like we're getting grungy and down in the, in the dredges mm-hmm. with somebody. And that's <laughs> not, like you said, that's not pretty. But the good news is Andy came up with a solution <laughs> and he presented that solution. The solution is coming to an understanding and casual conversation from congregations to marriage just like our earlier do-gooders and would-be complex problem with a simple common sense answer. Andy said, how much investment as a church and as members is appropriate to come to the place where we can walk in each other's shoes, where we can look out from behind one another's eyes and to hear what and experience what they hear? God has given us a great asset and a diverse congregation where we can practice building understanding, becoming familiar, and where differences rub rough, practice showing mercy. So how have you seen this understanding play out here at the hospital church through the diversity of our members? Because obviously it's something you've put thought into and something we work towards. And every once in a while, you'll just, you'll see two people that you know are from just such different backgrounds, (laughs) you know, and you'll see them engage and start sharing and talking. And you think, wow, where else would these two people even have a conversation? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's uh, not not granted. We're not. We are not anywhere close to the ideal of what we should be. Oh, of course not. But no. because it's really interesting. Well, we have we have a super big variety of diversity of people in this congregation from ethnic backgrounds and cultural backgrounds and countries and sure. And but the tendency for all of us is to saddle up a, beside the the person that's most like us. <laughs> and so while we have great diversity, we tend to socialize and even do ministry sometimes ah, in yeah. silos of people that are similar to us and maybe have our ministry that's not, that happens outside of Sabbath, but it's all the people that are, can speak our dialect or, yeah. you know, that feel like us kind yeah. of thing. And so the, the real challenge I think for us as a congregation is say, how do we, not force it, but how to become intentional about making the opportunity to explore and right. find out about their the backgrounds and where they've come from and how they see things and what do they think about this as opposed to what I think about it. Yeah. And just to be able to enlarge our 
our our perspective from their perspective. Show a little mercy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I liked how you said just putting your own background kind of out there saying, hey, I'm from Georgia and I think Georgia is beautiful. And most of y'all just want to get to Tennessee, North Carolina, and then back home and go, man, what do you do in Georgia? But then you said, I didn't grow up in the Caribbean. Right. Like who's here? And like a bunch of hands, sure. I think we were at second service, bunch of hands went up and then you got a woohoo twice in each sermon from, from Brazilians. <laughs> and you know, I'm like you, I'm just, a, I'm a Midwesterner, Florida transplant. Yeah. And you know, you know what you know, you know who you know, you kind of have mm-hmm. your because it's just what you do. It's who you know. But yet when you do things like that and you you engage yeah. with like our summer series and you have people from all these different areas, even within the country and then internationally. Sure. And it really does give a different perspective that there's a lot of differences, but then – and also there's a lot of things that are the same. So let's not bucket. Let's just do together because right. there's so much that's the same. And we have our, our commonality is in Christ. Yeah. And that, that should be our primary identifier. Uh, the primary identifier who we are is we're a follower of Jesus. Now, then I happen to be a follower of Jesus who grew up in Georgia. Yeah, and, right. and I speak English. And, and somebody's a follower of Jesus who grew up in Brazil and speaks Portuguese. And somebody else is a follower of Jesus who grew up in, you know, Cameroon and speaks French. And we, I mean, we have all these people and, and I think we have somebody from every continent except Antarctica. (laughs) (laughs) And there's probably not a lot of those to go around. That's funny because I think also you realize that, or I resonated with when you said, I'm just a simple American that speaks one language. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, and you see people that are like, oh, I speak four or five five languages. And and, you know, we did an interview with someone the other day and and they spoke Portuguese Mm -hmm. and he's like, so what did you think of that? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. And then you realize that you're the one that has the the lesser communication, the lesser (laughs) ability to go outside your circle. Mm -hmm. So for those that have come here, they've assimilated to a, to a culture and to, you know, to learn enough of the language to communicate. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, that's a, that's a pretty big sacrifice. And it would be great to learn their stories and, and do things together. And, and, awesome. and they get they'll have a perspective on acceptance and what it means to be involved in a community that just can enrich everybody's lives. Man, that's pretty awesome. So this week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, "Who would be the Zacchaeus of our day that we'd be shocked, even disturbed, that Jesus would visit?" And I think if you've watched the news, I couldn't help but think immediately of Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Because it's like, here's a man with unlimited political and powerful connections among the elite who immediately became the most dangerous man in the world for what he did, who he did it with, and who he provided that to those around him. And I can imagine the media frenzy and the outrage at a visit from Jesus, if you just think about that. And Christians who've already said that in his apparent suicide this past week, that he got what he deserved. Oh, man, nothing better. You know, you let the the, the convicts inside the prison, they'll take care of that guy. (laughs) And so you think about that. And it puts another perspective on if you put a face today that we understand, you put that face yeah. on Jesus and Zacchaeus I'm and go, come to your house today. I'm coming to your house today. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and then you kind of go, oh, the muttering. Right. Now you know why there was muttering. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Well, let us know what you think. I'd be curious to find out who <laughs> you might think might be that modern day Zacchaeus in your mind. Our final thoughts are from the closing of Andy's message. He said, put yourself before God. Ask him to give you the ability to extend mercy similar to what he has extended to you. I'm glad you used the word similar there. (laughs) And don't leave anyone out. This beatitude might read, oh, the bliss of the person who gets right inside other people until they can see with their eyes, 
think with their thoughts, feel with their feelings, for the one who does that will find others do the same for them and will know that it is what God and Jesus Christ has done. Oh, man, every one of these have just, I mean, I I know sometimes we just go, oh, it's about mercy and it's about love (laughs) and it's about care. But realizing that Jesus took this perspective by becoming human and subjecting himself to all that we will ever go through really should be a motivator to say if Jesus did that for us, man, we need to at least mimic to the best of our ability (laughs) that mercy and grace and kindness onto someone else. That's that's pretty powerful if you just stop and think about that. Right. The the incarnation, uh, the condescension of Christ. Uh, we we spend a lot of time on the cross, yeah. but we, and it, Christmas will touch on the other. But yeah. it, it really <laughs> it really is the super significance of the incarnation, and and then Christ's call for us to do incarnational living in our world today, which mercy goes right with. Yeah, well, and it just seems again all of these a case for kindness. It seems so obvious, but yet when you start drilling down into different things, like just a little bit about getting yourself into their skin, realizing that Jesus did that so that he could say, this is what you need to do. I've done it. I know, I know how to do it. I've done it. I understand you. Mimic me just a little guys. All right. Upcoming this week will be part three. What are we looking at this week? We're looking at Peacemaker. Oh, I don't Ooh. know that our world could use any peacemaking, but <laughs> well. my guess is that it seems like it's an apropos topic. <laughs> it seems like it might just fit in if we give it half a chance. It, definitely part of, of being kind, of being a peacemaker. Yeah. Being the peacemaker. Not just being at peace. Right. Which we oftentimes talk about. If you follow Christ, you can be at peace. We like to be but, at peace. But no, he doesn't say just be at peace. He says be a peacemaker. I know. Which can be a lot more... Uh, aggravating. It can be a lot less peaceful <laughs> yeah, being, a pe- right. <laughs> being a peacemaker because now you're throwing yourself <laughs> in the middle of it. All right. Well, you won't want to miss that for sure. That's going to do it for this week. And do join us again as always next Wednesday for episode 168. Thanks for listening and have a great week.